Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com. Website creation is hard, but now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and get a unique WordPress website or store right away. From there, you can customize your design, colors, and content. And Bluehost automatically helps you get found in search engines like Google and Bing. From step-by-step guidance to suggested plugins, Bluehost makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Go to bluehost.com slash wondersuite. Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. Welcome to the special edition of the Ad News podcast on diversity and inclusion recorded at the Dentsu Aegis HQ in Melbourne. I'm the Ad News editor, Pippa Chambers, and today I'm joined by CEO of Isobar, Conrad Spilver, and Dentsu Aegis Network's head of diversity and inclusion, Catherine Krantz. Hi, guys. Hi. Thank you uh, for joining me. Thank you for having me at your HQ in Melbourne. Um, so I want to just kind of kick off by finding a little bit, uh, finding out a little bit more about your role. So Catherine, you have two roles, a dual role, and uh, with one of those being uh, head of diversity and inclusion at Dentsu Aegis Network. Do you want to just tell us a little bit about your role and how that came about? Yeah, sure. So um, the council's been in existence for almost two years now, um, and it was formed off the back of an audit that we did across our total business. Um, to understand where we were with regards to diversity and inclusion and um, what type of activities and um, actions we could put in place to really improve um, the inclusive uh, environment of our business and the diversity of people that we uh, employ. And was it something you sort of volunteered or that you just registered an interest with? You know, how, how did you end up kind of actually getting this role? Initially, I was part of the council and representing my main brand, Cara, um, and actually what we found is um, as a working committee, which is where it's initially started, we perhaps weren't getting the traction that we were wanting. So we actually put a little bit of governance into the, the council as it sort of evolved too. Um, and I was asked to be uh, headed up in conjunction with uh, both comms support and HR support. So, yeah. Okay. And how do you split that role and uh, between your, your other role at Cara? Uh, well, yeah, it's um, there's a bit of it's an ebb and flow type situation, and in theory, it probably works out to about eighty percent uh, Cara and twenty percent DNI. Um, but there's obviously times when it's more when we're leading up to council meetings and the like, and then and and then less depending on what's actually um, happening at, in a Cara. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, and Conrad, what, what do you kind of make, make of this role, you know, when this role came about and were you kind of interested in how this might impact your agency and, and what, it, what does it kind of mean to you? I think it's great that, um, that the group has sort of made a commitment to diversity and inclusion. Um, so, you know, I sit on the board at Dan and it's something that we've all been very passionate about. Um, having CK um, sort of, I guess, run that, run that group, run that initiative has been fantastic. We've seen... Um, a lot of momentum and a lot of great things come about and, and also just sort of surfacing up things that some of the individual businesses have been doing already and just ma- and making sure that that's been understood and made aware of and, and shared across the business. Mm. Any um, examples of, of how having this role has sort of impact certain agencies or anything specifically at ISOBAR or at this stage, is it kind of more broader across the whole business? Initially, it was very broad. We wanted to make sure that what we were doing could impact and influence um, all of the businesses within Dan. And we 
we did start sort of in a quite a housekeeping way. We did a lot of policy review. Um, we made sure that a lot of our um, the ways that we were making it uh, for people to come to work and, and participate within the working environment was um, where it needed to be. So parental leave policy, um, we've gone down a path of flexibility in investigating how that we can improve that. Um, the pilot that we've done in a couple of the brands there. Um, and so a lot of it was just getting our house in order. I think now what we've found is as we've done um, certain type of activities, um, there are certain brands that have embraced that more and there's some examples where the ISOBAR guys have really leaned in on some of the thing, activities that we've been doing. Um, and But you know, certainly the first part was making sure that what we were doing would influence the total, total business. Mm. And any examples there? I know you mentioned, um, was it Anne Proud? Is that like a spin-off? part of the diversity inclusion. Can you tell yeah, us a bit so, about what that is? Yeah, that's um, super exciting. So that's the sort of the latest, I guess, um, major piece of work that we've done, which is our very first advocacy group, our employee advocacy group called Anne Proud. Um, it's actually the Australian chapter of um, a diversity a group that was actually formed in the UK. Um, and that was the decision that was made by the uh, people that volunteered to start the advocacy group here in Australia. They wanted to kind of link the two. Um, and we think that's a great idea because it actually can start to build potentially quite a, a global community. And um, so the, the group has uh, launched, they've formed, they've got their own sort of council and governance. Um, we have executive sponsorship um, with a member of the uh, Dan AU board, which is brilliant. And we've actually got some training rolling out in the next couple of weeks. Um, so so, so what, is, what exactly does that mean? What, what are they looking at? What are they hoping to do? Yeah, so what we wanted to do, I guess, was have... Um, at least one group advocacy to um, represent, I guess, parts of our business that may not be fully represented in the council um, and where there were points of real passion and real interest to drive from a diversity perspective that we gave them that opportunity to, to be heard. Um, and what it will mean for, I guess, the business is an increased awareness of what it's like to be uh, working in the office and identifying as LBTGIQ+ and or um, an ally of that community, which we really find that um, that's important and that's why there's the and proud from, right, okay. to include both. Um, and what do you, th you know, maybe I'll ask you this as well, Cara. You know, what do you think about these types of roles, uh, you know, kind of appearing in, in, you know, in certain agencies or networks? Do you think we're going to see more and more of this? Uh, people with specific roles like this? I think so, yeah. I mean, I think, um, you know, there's, as I said, like, I, I think... A lot of this, a lot of the role of that is just kind of about awareness and understanding. And I think it's great to have a focus of that because otherwise, you know, in a commitment of time, um, the organisation puts towards that. Otherwise, it just becomes sort of good intentions as opposed mm. to, you know, a, a real focus and real policy. So I, I think so. I think, um, you know, in fairness to, to the, the group, and, and I've been part of the group for a long time now, I think we've always sort of had a kind of inherent sort of welcoming uh, an understanding of different cultures or different sexuality or um, obviously different needs of, of, of parents, um, uh, et cetera. But, um, but actually having some, some commitment and formalities to it, I think, has really kind of elevated that and, and allowed everybody to really kind of have a better understanding of, of everybody's um, sort of sensitivities. Mm. Um, and obviously, um, Adlan, you know, like, like many other industries, but, you know, specifically we talk about Adlan not being as diverse. You know, we maybe... Mm. I guess there's a lot of 
you know, some of the stereotypes, you know, hiring from Melbourne and Sydney and not looking beyond that and, you know, the media bubble and maybe not hiring as many people from different socioeconomic backgrounds or from dis disadvantaged backgrounds. Have you, is, is that part of the agenda? Are you actively looking to, you know, not just support people that you have in, in the business uh, from diverse backgrounds, but actively looking to kind of change the shape of how, of what your workforce looks like? Yeah, it's definitely something that we um, have on our agenda. Um, and, and I think it was something as well that was picked up through, we have a um, Dan-wide inclusive leadership training modules that um, started earlier this year and will continue to run out as we move our way through our staff. We've trained over a third of our staff in that um, education now. But I think it was one of the things that we identified was that um, whilst we might be actually quite diverse in many of the aspects of diversity, um, I think socioeconomic and, and where people have come from, from an education background and, and those sorts of things is probably less diverse. We need to be really considerate about how we can potentially bring types of people into our business that maybe have those different um, histories and backgrounds. There's actually a really great example of um, mm. someone working in Isobar who actually came through a program that we associated with who we're actually looking to explore to do more work with and he's actually the gentleman who runs that business is coming into the council um, next council meeting just so we can find out more. But um, mm. That's not Talent Rise, is it? Is yeah, it? Oh, it, it is. is. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, so we've got um, Roger coming in. Uh, next next month. Okay. Yeah, yeah I know. Um, yeah, there's another network. Well, I can say. Yeah, IPG have just signed up to to do something with them, and okay. they're kind of filling me in on. I think that was off the back of an unlimited charity event from the CEO Sleep Out, and they're raising money. Yeah. Um, so that's something you guys are obviously actively involved in as well. Yeah, we've we've also you know run a scholarship program with Academy Excite for um, uh, Indigenous Australians as well, trying to get some Indigenous people into the, the workforce here, into into advertising or into digital design. Um, so that's been really successful. We've got our first candidate. She's been with us for a couple of months mm -hmm. now. Um, so as, as CK meant, it's kind of it's mentioned, it's it's about celebrating diversity of mm -hmm. thought, having different sort of people from different backgrounds, um, because if we're designing and creating experiences for brands that are supposed to appeal to everybody, you know, you need to have that. Mm. And obviously the topic of diversity inclusion is, you know, really amped up and it feels like, you know, everyone's really getting a sense of the importance and how there is, you know, change is needed. Do you think it will, um, could potentially impact sort of pitches and, and maybe more questions are involved around that? I don't know, for example, government mm. pitches or people actually asking questions about how diverse your, your workforce is. Do you think we'll maybe see more of that agencies having to prove themselves a little bit more? Mm, I think it's already there. So mm, there's been a number of really large pitches that we've participated in, in lately, and one of which was an ISOBAR pitch where there's a good section of the RFI that focuses in on um, diversity and what we're doing in that space and how potentially we can support clients with their own diversity agenda. So um, I would say that certainly for large business, we're probably already there and it won't take long, I would assume, until other sort of mid to smaller size businesses really um, take interest in, in that as a point of difference in who they're choosing as an agency partner. Mm -hmm. And, and what's the, the end goal? You know, what, what does success in diversity and inclusion look like? You know, is that the disappearing of your role? You know, that we don't need someone to champion and lead that. You know, what, what do you see as being a successful kind of vision or, or future for this space? Yeah, it's really interesting. We actually had this conversation the other day in, in with uh, head of HR. And, um, I mean, yes, I mean, I think you'd probably like to get to a point where you actually didn't necessarily need a focus on it. I think probably some of the 
experiences that I've had lately is that the focus is definitely swinging a lot more to inclusion and the understanding the importance of inclusion because in many instances you can work really hard to get your diversity right but unless you create an inclusive culture where those people can actually feel engaged and belong in that environment it's all well and good to kind of get them in but then they will typically mm. rotate out if mm. they're not feeling that they're part of part of the group so actually for us it is absolutely still a dual focus Absolutely, but um, I think you know, it's, it's up to businesses to work really, really hard on the inclusion component. Mm. And do you feel that the staff are kind of educated enough to know what diversity really means? You know, because we have a lot of people just saying, oh, it's, you know, gender diversity and, you know, instantly going straight to the male-female divide without kind of realising all the different tiers. Do you kind of, you know, or do you even get questions around that about maybe staff don't quite understand what they should be doing or saying? Oh, I think, look, education for us is, a, is certainly a pillar of the council objectives because we do realise that, you know, not everybody has the luxury of getting as much information around DNI as, say, I would or the council members do. Um, and you know, that's because everybody's got, you know, lots of things to do in their day-to-day jobs. So the more that we can splice in um, snippets of information, we've just recently started a speaker series which will bring to the people in quite a relaxed environment, um, various different topics. We had our first session the other day, which was hosted by Bauer Media, um, and they presented their female futures um, piece of work. So that's internally to staff, they'll present. Yeah, Yeah. and we um, live stream it to the other offices around um, Australia, so it's it's inclusive. Um, But we will rotate the, um, the themes within that environment just to try and keep people informed and obviously not every topic is going to be interesting for everybody but it will just give bringing in I guess different perspectives different points of view and, and the latest information in this space which I think is really important. Mm. I think a lot of a lot of what's happening is that a lot of this is employee-led too so finding you know especially mm. at Isobar um, you know we've got a number of diversity channels on Slack for example right. uh, and, and people are kind of raising um, what what diversity means um, on a whole number of different contexts and inclusion means as well so just Again, it's a sort of bring up that awareness thing and that conversation, this discourse about it, not debate, but just mm. a, a discussion um, around that. And we've also sort of done some some really interesting things, things with AI in, in that forum. So, you know, if, if somebody's doing a full announcement on Slack that says, say, hey, guys, um, they'll be sort of pulled up um, oh, right. by, the, by the bot that says, hey, you know, some people may feel a bit left out if you're, if you're referencing... Um, hey guys, not not to be, yeah. um, not not to sort of be t- telling people so what they can and can't bit, say. So but, you've uh, set that up. Like, how, how yeah. does that work? Yeah, yeah. And we just use the platform that exists now. Oh, so Slack okay. is like yeah, a communications yeah. channel, which you're yeah. probably aware of. And um, yeah, and it's something that the again employee led. So a couple of programmers wanted to do that. Um, so to basically just make not pull people up for what they're saying in the environment, but just to make mm. people aware that kind of correct on this this things. may not include everybody. Yeah. Mm. Um, and it's been a really good environment. I mean, and I was talking to Dysabar MD Eric, and and I think even one of the um, one of the uh, people in the team pulled him up because he sort of uses the word grammar Nazi quite a bit, um, <laughs> and it made some people you know of Jewish background quite oh, uncomfortable, yeah, right? Wow. So it's just just yeah. and, and and having you know having AI being able to sort of mm. um, uh, recognize that and mm. and and, uh, and pick that up, I think it's also been again just raised another mm. different level of awareness in the organisation. Yeah, I guess mm. it's kind of understanding you know, the various. Say hello to a new era of mental health care. Cerebral is here to help you achieve your mental wellness goals with professional therapy and medication management support. 100% online. You'll experience the all-new Cerebral way, an innovative approach to mental wellness designed around you. 
you'll get a personalized treatment plan from a therapist, prescriber, or both in a safe and judgment-free space. Your cerebral therapist or prescriber will outline a customized plan with clear milestones along the way, so you can get to feeling your best. With Cerebral, you're not alone in your mental health journey. We're here to empower you to live a fulfilling life. So take that first step towards a brighter future and sign up today at Cerebral.com slash podcast and use code ACAST to get 15% off your first month. Offer only valid on monthly plans. Other exclusions may apply. Offer ends July 31st, 2024. See site for details. Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. Different sensitivities and maybe where to draw the line and, you know, educate and just flag things instead of kind of hauling people up. And Totally. Yeah, you can't do that. You know, yeah. it's, not, it's, not, it's not about that at all. It's about, you know, just surfacing it having that discussion and just making people aware mm. yeah, so they know for next time. Yeah. And what about in terms of, uh, you know, I'm sure you've all got friends at other agencies and networks, you know, do you guys feel that you're leading here? Do you know much more about what some of the other agencies are doing? Do you kind of feel that you're um, leading the pack here with, you know, obviously a role like yourselves and you know, mm. you've got this AI thing on Slack and, mm. you know, it sounds like you're obviously very progressive. Do you, are you kind of across that? I've seen some really great things come out of OMD um, and I think just, you know, that, and they market that in trade press and I think that um, it's all really positive if as an industry we can band you together on this particular topic considering the influence that we have as a, a media business and, and in the communications industry. I think that if we're doing it well and that, you know, it sets the tone you know, more broadly and outwardly. But um, there's some really great examples, some of the creative agency work. I think MNC Sachi have been some really great things I've seen um, in, you know, in the last probably 12, 18 months. So do you mean in terms of internally or as in what they're actually doing that output with, it's with advertising? Or? I think it starts internally. A lot of the things seem to be internal, but um, they've been talking about it more in press and also in um, event-type situations, which I think is really important. So um, I certainly uh, think that we're doing great things. Um, really proud of what the council and I have achieved in the last you know, couple of years, um, but certainly you know, take take um, advice and, and inspiration from other parts of the industry as well because um, that's how we're all going to kind of learn and progress together. Mm. Um, and obviously a big, uh, a big topic within um, the, the diversity, uh, as I mentioned before, there's the, obviously the gender breakdown and women uh, with parental leave, and, you know, not just women, you know, dads and, and partners. Um, where, where are you guys kind of on that parental leave? You know, I know you mentioned you changed your policy before because um, I guess it's all very well, you know, having women come into the business, but if they do want to go on uh, parental leave, you know, you have to make sure you're supporting them. Where, where are you kind of on that in terms of what you're doing and how far you've come? So, yeah, so we it was almost the first thing that we did was review our policy and, and we updated it significantly from where it was to where it currently is now. Um, that's not to say that that, that that will be the last time we look at that. It's something that you know probably needs looking at at least every 12 months just to make sure that it is current. And interestingly, um, when we formed the LBTGIQ plus group, we actually formed in partnership with Pride and Diversity. Um, and one of the things that we did was review our policies, including the parental leave policy, to make sure that they were inclusive for that community. And so we've even just recently um, reiterated that policy to make sure that it was exactly where it needed to be. So what do you mean by that? Is that, 
what have you got an example of what, what you changed or what was yeah it wasn't so much changing um the construct of the policy as such it was just making sure that we were really explicit that it included um, same-sex couples mm -hmm. and that they weren't excluded from the policy so sometimes um, by not writing that and even though you right. may assume yep. that that of course um, unless you actually really clearly state that that's the case um, it doesn't feel as inclusive as it could be so we've we've done that across all of our policies including parental leave um, but I think as well getting that right and making sure that that's as generous and supportive as we can be for our families is to make sure that um, whilst our parents are on leave, um, that they feel connected to our business mm -hmm. um, and that they are being included in you know, how, the, how the, our world is progressing, which is obviously, as you know, at a hugely rapid pace. Um, but then also when they come back, making sure that we've got flexible working arrangements that we can um, form with them in, in partnership. Um, and support them. Um, you know, flexibility is definitely a really big agenda item for us as it relates to parents, but actually as it relates to all people in our business. So um, it just so, you know, it's typically where you kind of start is with return to work mums and dads, but it is flexibility is ubiquitous across our, our business agenda. Yeah, and there's some um, key initiatives that you know, we've been running as well to, with working mums or working parents who, are, who, who may need be part-time to support their... Um, their families. Because mm. um, you said you yourself, you're on a four days myself, a week. Myself, I'm yep. four days yeah. a week. So I took uh, took advantage of the parental leave policy and took a, a big break um, mm. when we had our, our son. Um, you know, we both don't have any family in, in Melbourne. So it was important for me to, to be able to take that time. Um, and my wife went back to work really quickly as well because she's got a startup. So mm. I'm, I'm four days a week. I look after Archie uh, one, one days a week. And, and I think that's just been good to kind of... Um, just set an example as, as somebody as a leader in the business mm, that it's okay yeah. to do that and then I can still be a senior uh, mm. person in the organisation four days a week. But I think f for the working parents, just you know, it's important for them to feel like that they um, you know, they have the same career progression opportunities, um, that they don't get left out of, of, of mm -hmm. team communications. A lot of people, a lot of parents don't work on a Friday, a lot of team meetings are on a Friday. So how do we mm. broadcast those and mm. make sure they feel connected to the agency? Um, you know, we recently promoted... Um, uh, uh, one of the women at, at Isabar into an executive role uh, a month before she went on mat leave. Mm. Um, so we probably wouldn't have done that previously, you know, mm. in, in all honesty. Um, you would have thought about, oh, she's not going to be here for six months yeah, and yeah. whatever, but, she, you know, she was deserving of the promotion, deserving of the role, so we've done that. And the person that's kind of filling in part of her role um, since she's been back is is, is 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 a guy who's actually come back from taking primary care leave himself. So mm. it's all worked out quite nicely. But, mm. um, but you know, it's kind of that... Policy is one thing, but practicing what you preach yeah, and driving yeah, these initiatives, true. I think, yeah. is really mm. important too. And what is your top line parental leave in terms of paid leave for women and, and men? Yes, yeah, so we have um, 16 weeks paid for primary carer and four weeks for secondary carer. Um, and obviously the full 12 months um, leave yeah. period. Um, and we do very much support having a flexible arrangement um, discussion as and when you come back into the office. Um, and that could be a condensed week, part-time. Um, mm -hmm. It can be working from home. There's lots of different options that we're happy to have a conversation about. Mm. And what about companies, you know, that maybe not as big as a big network that they can, you know, change and create these policies? What, what's your advice, you know, and, and that maybe can't, uh, you know, put someone in a dual role or a full role? What, what are your kind of, what's your advice for trying to improve your diversity and inclusion you know it is the backbone always policy you have to have this set structure you know framework to make sure everyone adheres to 
think um so you're saying smaller business or yeah yeah no sorry smaller so if they're kind of want you know they they want to be perhaps as advanced as maybe you guys are but you know they maybe don't have the resources or they just want to know how to, to start that kind of path to improve things yeah it's interesting because within dan we've obviously got lots of different sized businesses within our dan network and so we are conscious that not everything that we do as a council group and the tone that we set is exactly applicable in every single part and division within our business. So I think as a leader, you've got to consider, well, what is it that's going to, how, how far can we flex it, balancing both the business needs and also the individual needs? And, and we do that, you know, in flexibility, for example, there is quite a lot of consideration that the employee has to put forward in terms of, well, what, how is this going to impact the business? How is it going to impact the team around me? Um, and that's definitely part of it. So it's not um, something that you can just be completely wide open and generous. I think that you have to think about, well, how do we match the business needs with the individual needs um, and come to some sort of you know, compromise in the middle so that everybody's kind of the business is thriving but so are the individuals. Um, so, I, yeah, I think that there's definitely things you can apply as a small business. It may not be the full shopping list, but, mm. yeah, there's definitely things you can do. Um, and just slightly on, on the same topic, but I guess sort of looking at uh, you, maybe your output, maybe Conrad, this is one for you with some of the things that you're creating at Isobar. Do you feel that, you know, your output has also changed creative-wise, looking at trying to be more diverse with it, whether it's a project or an advert or, so, or something that you're working on? You're kind of really thinking about that a little bit more compared to maybe uh, past years when, I don't know, for example, you'd always use a guy in a car ad or something like that. Mm. Do you know, are you kind of applying this to the work as well as obviously your internal mantra and how you look after your stuff? Oh, for sure, yeah. I, th I think it's definitely improved our work. You know, it's improved the engagement of the staff doing the work as well. Mm. And I think, um, you know, especially when, you know, we whilst we do um, – Quite a bit of comms work. We a lot of the work we're doing is sort of designing um, you know, brand experiences or digital ecosystems for, for brands, and they're and they're big, you know big organisations that need to appeal to everybody from all walks of life. So having people from all walks of life being able to design and craft those experiences is really important. Um, uh, you know to to elevate that work um, to be able to, to to engage everybody. So I think it's um it's something you know I, I think it's something that hasn't necessarily it's not something we need to um, beat the drum on mm. all the time it's kind of a bit inherent in the mm. culture of the yeah. place um a little bit anyway um which is so we're kind of starting from a good spot any, anyway mm -hmm. but the awareness of it um and the fact that we're kind of celebrating it more um i think has been really um, important in lifting the quality of the work i think there's some great examples of and we went down a path of accessibility and understanding mm. that a little bit more and i think that i was interested to see that our um creative and design businesses were particularly interested in in Dylan Olcott who came and did a, a session for the council but also our board and also our extended leadership team and both our sort of more creative businesses within our family of businesses were especially interested in how he could potentially help with the design and output of the quality of work. Mm. I think that was a good example. Yeah that's one thing that we're probably we're not represented really at all we're, well not that we know of people with with disabilities, really, mostly able-bodied staff in, in, in the organisation. And that was one thing that he made mm. really aware of for us, really, is that if you're designing these experiences, you know, you've got to design them for, for, mm. for, for disabled people too. And, and openly probably say we don't have disabled people as an active part of our design process yet. Mm. But something is that something, like, what's the next step if you want to Yeah, so that? we've... Um, it's definitely sort of an area that we want to pursue. So, again, um, we've formed a partnership 
um, with a, an agency that will be helping with us to build an accessibility plan, which is a huge task. There's a lot, to, a lot of components to review within that, both from a location, technology, um, and just general um, policy perspective. And so it's a piece of work we're definitely undergoing. It takes some time. We want to make sure we get it right. Um, but it's certainly something that's on the agenda for the remainder of this year and into early next. So it's probably, it was it was the catalyst. Having Dylan in was kind of the catalyst and piece of, you know, that kind of inspiration that we were like, yes, this is definitely something that we need to bring forward in the agenda of things that we're doing. Hmm. Obviously, it sounds like there's a lot going on. You know, do, do you see this becoming a larger part of, you know, could you imagine this overtaking your, your role in CARA? We'd have to speak, <laughs> speak to a few people about that. Um, but it feels like there's a lot going on. There's a lot of different threads and obviously, there's so many ages, ages, agencies under under there. Yeah. So you know, it feels like a big role. I think um, it's absolutely something that's probably I, I love it. So I'm, you know, I think there's probably and there's a lot of people around me that love it. So I think that the passion and the drive and the commitment to do great things in this space is probably giving us a little bit of discretionary effort, you know, to get things off the ground. And it's been so well received at all levels. Um, particularly of leadership. So there's been people that have been putting their hands up to get involved to support. So it's a real team effort. So I think, yes, it's definitely something that will continue to be a big focus within the business. Um, but it's a, it certainly is feeling like a team effort. And I, to be honest, I don't think it would be as successful as it's been without that team effort because having one person um, sort of preaching and having, you know, saying this is what we should be doing. The fact that people are kind of leaning in and getting involved and putting their hand up is, is part of the reason why it's, it's doing as well as it is. So, yeah. Um, and lastly, um, if you, I guess, could kind of predict a time frame of when perhaps we could look at our agencies and networks and think that they truly are um, uh, an accurate reflection on what Australians kind of are and look like, you know, what, what would you kind of future gaze as to when you think we might be there? Oh, that's so tricky. <laughs> uh, yeah, that is that is really tricky. I, I, I mean, I, I don't know. I, I honestly, you know, I think all of the all of the noise and coverage about it over the last few years has been really healthy and discussion around it. And I think we're getting there. We're hmm. we're slowly getting there. The momentum, you know, it's started. Um, and I think you know we there's a whole bunch of there's a whole number of things that needs to change in society for it to be reflective hmm. of our industry. Really, you know, in terms of pathways and education, etc. But um, you know that we're aware of it, and we're making a, a commitment to, to to move closer to that. And um, it might be a generation away. Um, hopefully, it's sooner. You know, we're 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 we're, we're committed to bringing it um, bringing it closer sooner. Yeah, when I look at attendance and participation for some of the things that we um, host, I can the idea of it being a generation away probably sits comfortably with me. And the fact that I look at probably the next generation of our workforce who are really, you know, interested to understand and learn more. And I think that as they build up their own education and potentially bring their own experiences through university and other things to the C-suite, I think that's probably where it'll it'll really shift. Yeah, okay, awesome. Well, it sounds like you guys are doing, lot, you know, lots of great things. So keep up the good work and keep us posted. And thanks for your time today. Thanks, no everyone. Thank you. Tired of ads barging into your favourite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads.